This is your Thursday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Hope you guys are having a good one out there today. Had a couple of days off. Felt good. I hope you guys didn't miss me too much, but, you know, I got to, you know, summertime, I got to take the vacation, take the time off when I can. You guys all probably know, you know, you don't take the time off, it just goes away. Don't want to be sitting there in December with a whole pile of vacation time sitting there and a whole bunch of good stuff to get to and be like, ah, don't feel like I can do it right now. Don't feel like I can take, you know, take time off now. So felt good to just get take a couple random days off. I'm going to have a few more here in the next couple weeks before we get kind of back into that five-day-a-week schedule. But, you know, this, this week, you know, it's one of those weeks where not a ton was happening. I was actually going to take the whole week off until kind of figured out that, eh, I don't feel good about doing, you know, a couple of couple of entire weeks off. Um, so decided to hop back on um, for Thursday. We'll be back on tomorrow as well. No show Monday going to my grandma's 90th birthday party, which is kind of uh, doubling as a mini family reunion. So that will be in North Dakota and won't get back until Monday afternoon. So Roycey and I, Patrick Roycey, will talk Tuesday next week about his whole weekend in Cooperstown, which should be a blast. So Shows uh, Tuesday through Friday next week, then a couple days off the week after that, and then, like I said, back to probably a more routine, regular five-day daily delivery, a true daily delivery experience. But for now, a lot to get to on today's show. Jerry Zagoda covers a lot of different things at the Star Tribune, including golf, and does a wonderful job at that. He will be with me here in a little while to talk 3M Open. That gets underway Thursday in Blaine. Interesting time for pro golf. Interesting time for the PGA Tour with the competition from the Saudi-backed LIV Tour. Um, players who probably wouldn't have, probably, players who probably would be here this week, not here because they are now on the competing tour. Some withdrawals and whatnot, but should be a good tournament nonetheless. And Jerry had some good insights about what to watch for, what kind of player might be in the mix to win conditions up there, things like that. So look forward to that conversation. Um, we'll get to the Byron Buxton, quote-unquote, um, MVP snub from the All-Star game a couple nights ago, which, frankly, I don't care about that much and kind of reveals more of the Yankees' angst than it does anything else. But we'll get to that here in a little bit. Loons, 4 nothing, Minnesota United over Everton, a uh, Premier League squad, and obviously... You know, a friendly Adrian Heath's old team coming over here to play. But just the fact that the Loons won 4 nothing certainly merits uh, a little bit of attention. So we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, we'll spend approximately 0.1 seconds on the ESPYs because who cares about the ESPYs? Sorry if you do. Don't mean to yuck your yum, as the kids say. You can watch the ESPYs if you want. I don't care about the ESPYs, but... I will talk about them a little bit, 0.1 seconds. That'll be my statute of limitations on the ESPYs. We'll talk about them a little bit. And Kyle Rudolph um, lined up to play with Tom Brady now. We'll get to that as well, former Vikings tight end. But first, what did I miss? have not talked Vikings here in this space for quite some time, and for good reason. This is like the one time of year where football gives us a little bit of a break from their non-stop uh, gobbling up of the sports calendar and your sports attention. You know, they haven't been doing much of anything for the last month, but training camp is not 
far away. And something in ESPN.com that I saw, I believe, Wednesday caught my eye, and I wanted to do an extended kind of thing on it this morning. So they did a listing. You know, they, they sampled like a whole bunch of, um, you know, just experts, panel of experts that they that they have to kind of rank each team's kind of quarterback situation, the rest of their roster outside of quarterback, drafting ability, front office, and coaching. And it's not just for next year. It's for the next three years. So, you know, you might have gotten into this list if you're a Vikings fan thinking, hey, you know, maybe this is where you start to see some see some progress. You start to see, well, you know, Green Bay's not going to, you know, not gonna necessarily going to be great forever. They had to you know, they even though they kept Aaron Rodgers, they've had to sacrifice a lot. The salary cap mess had to get, you know, had to move on from Devontae Adams, things like that. So I kind of went through this list with kind of a, a curiosity, like, well, you know, where do the Vikings really stand, at least in the eyes of these experts in terms of the roster building and how they fare in the division? And it was not great, you guys. And this is, you know, again, this is just the the opinion, the educated opinion of a few different people, but they had the Packers tied for third overall in terms of their kind of where they stand over the next three years, um, you know, which is not great news if you're a Vikings fan. They give the overall roster outside of the quarterback position number six in the NFL, and they give them top ten rankings in coaching number six, drafting number three, front office number seven, and, of course, quarterback number four, where Aaron Rodgers, even though they're still – you know, the possibility that he could retire before his contract is over is now under contract for three more seasons, which was indeed the timeline for what they were going for here. So, you know, they, they do identify the biggest worry is, you know, the, the receiving group is going under a major overhaul, things like that, and that Rodgers could walk away before that contract is done. But, you know, they, they do note that, you know, there's a they took a deeper dive into the roster and they feel like the Packers roster even outside of quarterback is very good. So if you had the impression that maybe some of that was starting to slip, that they had you know, that they were very much a Aaron Rodgers only team or an Aaron Rodgers centric team, that's not the case at least according to what they've found here, the metrics they used, kind of the assessment they used. So that part of it is concerning as you start to think about not just 2022 where which I think you know, a lot of Vikings fans would have conceded even before all the Aaron Rodgers drama um, was, you know, if he came back to Green Bay was certainly going to be their year. But now, you know, if you kind of look at a three-year evaluation, how do the Vikings catch up in that amount of time? Well, that question can be best answered by where do the Vikings fall on this list, right? So I'm going down and at the end of these lists, I kind of do the same thing. I'm kind of going down, going down kind of thinking where I might find the Vikings, and I'm kind of guessing it might be in like the 13 to 15 range, right? They're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. They've been waiting eight or nine games almost every year. So you got like Buffalo number one, Kansas City number two, Packers tied for third, along with the Rams, um, which, you know, the team that Kevin O'Connell, their new head coach for the Vikings, is coming from. Then you got fifth, the Chargers. Yeah, okay, we're not going to find the Vikings yet. Sixth, the Bengals. Okay, makes sense. Just in the Super Bowl. Ravens, seven. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Eighth, Buccaneers. Okay, yeah, they're getting older, but they still have Tom Brady. They've still got a roster that, you know, won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Colts, number nine. Okay, yeah, I I get that. They've got a pretty good roster assembled, and they've got more stability if Matt Ryan can play better at quarterback. Sure. 
Tied for 10th, the Browns. Yeah, okay. They're, they got some, a lot of questions with Deshaun Watson, but they're a team on the rise. Tied for 10th, the 49ers. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, given the uh, go-ahead to, to go ahead and shop around for a trade. Uh, good luck with that. Anybody who wants Jimmy Garoppolo is fooling themselves, but that's a story for another day. Broncos, 12th. Okay, yeah, they got a lot of good. You know, it seems they have a lot of good defensive players. Patriots, yeah, they got Belichick. He puts them way up thanks to that score in the coaching. So now we're like in the 12 to 15 range. I'm expecting to find the Vikings pretty soon. Steelers, number 14. Okay. Um, still going. 15, Eagles. Uh-huh. All right. So the Vikings aren't better than the Eagles. That's not good. Saints, number 16. Okay. This is over three years. The Saints are really deemed better than the Vikings. Okay. Uh, are we ever going to get to them? 17, Titans. Okay. 18th. Got to find them soon. Raiders. Nope. 19th. Your Minnesota Vikings. Um, and it is a story of mediocrity up and down the rankings, not just the overall ranking. Overall roster without the quarterback, 17th. Quarterback ranking, 17th. Coaching, 19th. Draft, 21. Front office, 21. Now, those last three categories, I think, are a little bit unfair. We have no idea what kind of head coach Kevin O'Connell is going to be. We have very little idea yet how Quesi Adolfo Mensa will fare in the draft, how his ultimate vision will come into play. So a little bit of this is skewed probably by we don't know. That said, what we do know is quarterback Kirk Cousins got a little bit of an extension, so he's likely here for the next two years unless they decide to try to trade him after this season. But he is certainly their quarterback for 2022, deemed number 17 in terms of their quarterback situation for the next three years and that their overall roster is also 17. So basically like right in the middle of the NFL. And basically says stat to know at the end. The last time Kirk Cousins cracked QBR's top 10 was 2016. By the way, that was before the Vikings signed him to an $84 million guaranteed contract and then extended him once and then extended him again. Since then, he's been consistent, finishing between 13th and 18th each of the past five seasons. Again, I'm reading from this ESPN.com insider piece. That's good enough to make a team average to above average, but in order to become a true title contender, either Cousins is going to have to kick it up a notch or the rest of the roster is going to have to break just right. And when Cousins has shown over a decade what he does, and when the roster overall is deemed to be right in the middle of the pack, here is the final takeaway from all of this. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell have to know in their heart of hearts that a true rebuild is in the offing at some point. Maybe they want to call it a reload. Maybe they want to call it a roster reconstruction. Whatever the case, this team as constructed might be good enough to win nine or ten games this season and make it in as a, you know, mid to low wild card in the playoffs, but it would take some sort of miracle to win the division with Aaron Rodgers back for another year with the Packers, you know, apparently having a roster that is pretty good even without Aaron Rodgers. And that if you are just going to keep banging your head against the wall and Aaron Rodgers is still here for the foreseeable future, you have to change something at some point. Now I know. Let's see how the season plays out. I get that. Let's let's definitely do that. Let's not jump to conclusions. But based on this, based on the eye test from the last few years, based on 
you know, an honest reckoning of this roster, that has to be the conclusion that at some point here, unless we are completely proven wrong in 2022, they have to be heading for some sort of major shift. They can't just keep kicking this can down the road and trying to, you know, make something better out of slightly different ingredients. So that was my takeaway from that. Not optimistic, not saying the Vikings can't make the playoffs this year, not saying this whole year is out the window. I'm still curious about it. I'm curious to see how Kevin O'Connell's offense looks with the pieces they have, especially Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, and maybe a little bit of how Kirk Cousins looks in this. Curious to see how a revamped defense looks in this 3-4 scheme. But overall, coming away from this a little bit more pessimistic than I was and realizing that at some point, a more thorough roster teardown is probably going to be in order. MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, premixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Happy to be joined today on Daily Delivery by Jerry Zagoda. Covers multiple things at the Star Tribune. He's been on several times to talk about Minnesota United soccer, but also is a very good golf writer and is heading our coverage of the 3M Open up in Blaine starting on Thursday. Of course, that PGA Tour event in the Twin Cities out at the uh, out at the course in Blaine. Jerry, how you doing? Good, good. I had two front page uh, stories today, one soccer, one golf. I love it. I love it. That's, uh, yeah, you had the, the good piece on, uh, on Adrian Heath and that cool... Uh, you know, the, the cool meeting with uh, with Everton. So that's a that that's a fun one, and of course the the golf as well. Um, just an interesting time, of course, for golf and the PGA Tour with you know all of the you know talk that's been going on over the last few months, and all the the people who have left the tour um, to to go play on the the competing LIV tour, the the, the Saudi backed tour. Some of those players would have undoubtedly been here this weekend and are not here and that's probably creating an, an interesting dynamic across golf but also within the field how, how much has that been dominating some of the whether it's official or unofficial talk um leading up to this event well it's been talked about so much it hasn't really been talked about all that much here but it'll be interesting to see going forth how all this impacts you know the non-major events you know the fields that people can get uh, unless you're having the you know the Jack Nicholas Memorial or the Arnie Palmer, you know, the really big events, but all these other events that uh, um, are, are struggling to uh, fill their fields, you know, it just, it just kind of trickles down and starts off, you know, a guy like Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, they've both, uh, Phil has all been here in the, the first three years, not every year, but they've all been here, guys who have, you know, helped fill up the field and all of a sudden you take 24 guys out of it. You got a lot of guys, you know, a couple of champion tour guys in the field this week, a lot of guys you either have forgotten or never heard of, but uh, you still got, you know, a handful of, of, of the stars to bring people out. You, know, you still see, when you see the big crowd down the fairway, you know, it's Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Um, and it's just always been, you know, since they announced, you know, this being an, a, a, you know, a PGA tour event, they've always been competing in a sense with, you know, the British open being in this case, the, the weekend before. So I'm, I'm sure there, there've been, 
challenges along the way that, you know, that said, I feel like, you know, they've, they've gotten themselves a, a foothold now into, uh, you know, into the kind of the regular golf and, and sports rotation, you know, outside of the field, what's, what's been the, you know, you've been out there gathering, talking to people, what's the, what, what are the other kind of key storylines we should be following as we get ready for this tournament to start on Thursday? I think just to kind of to watch the leaderboards and see, you know, who's up there, who's not. Hopefully, you know, in Howell's Cabinet's perfect world, uh, they get a guy with a famous name who, you know, is in contention all four days and uh, and wins it at the end to give him. Uh, now you look at the, the list of winners here. Matthew Wolf won the first year, but he was not that well-known when he won it. And then next year was Michael Thompson. Um, with an I, not with a Y, if you're both a fan. Yes. And, <laughs> and then last year, Cameron Champ. So, you know, guys – fun to watch your long hitters but certainly not uh, big name recognition but people still love their golf people come out you know the pro-ams are full people are out following uh, the golfers that they know around uh, you know looking for autographs eating some food um, the interesting thing we'll see is how the uh, the wind impacts the, the tournament because the, from my memory for most of the the few years I've been out here recently the wind really hasn't blown today it really is and tomorrow it's supposed to so uh, that's everything because usually it always does out here aside from you know external factors like weather wind you know any potential for rain although it looks like it looks pretty clear in this time of year in minnesota generally is pretty clear which i imagine is part of the reason they have this at this time what you know how, how is the course setting up anything different with the course or you know are they doing anything differently to any any holes or how is this how is it just looking in general I think it's just sort of matured, you know, because they had they, they had Tom Lehman out here, you know, a couple of years ago before they had the first one, making adjustments to get this thing ready from a Champions Tour course to a PGA Tour course, and I think it's just sort of uh, matured, you know. They got a couple of, not new, but uh, you know, the greens they uh, the tees they put on number seventeen a couple of years ago have changed things a little. How they expanded that lake it used to be almost like a pond. Now it's pretty much a lake in front of eighteen. That uh, doesn't really give these guys a lot of problems, but still can reach up and bite someone, especially with the pressure on. And you got to make decisions, you know, come Sunday afternoon. So it's, I think it's fared better than people thought because people always remember the champions tour scores, you know, minus 20 something. Sure. Under part, people were thinking, oh, you know, they're just going to eat this up. Well, they do like they do every every week, but it's it's become a, pr- uh, a pretty good course. And I think the guys like it, you know, a lot of weather. It's a strategic. You kind of got to plot your way around. I was, uh, I think my story for tomorrow was asking the question of the two of the three winners are, were Wolf and Champ, two really long hitters. Is this a bomber's course? Or is, you know, the sample size just too small? And like Mike Thompson said, you know, I think it's the opposite. I, I proved that. You know, he's like 180 to the world uh, right now in uh, driving distance, but he got his way, way around two years ago and, and won it. So um, I think it's, uh, and, and it looks pretty good on TV, you know. A lot of water, a lot of risk reward coming down to 15, 16, 17, 18. I think those have played out, you know, just like they intended and Lehman wanted them to do. I was going to ask you, I'm glad you kind of dove into that subject. Maybe we can get into it a little bit more. I mean, you're right with the sample size of just three years, you know, looking at the champions, it's probably hard to tell, but is there, as you, as you just even like look at it or as you watch, you know, players compete on this course, does it favor a particular style? Do you think it, rewards a certain you know is it reward accuracy more than distance or you know obviously anybody who's good on the green is going to be good pretty much anywhere but do we do we know that yet does it just is it 
kind of equal. So it just comes down to who plays best over the weekend or, or how do we think that the course favors one style or another at this point? I think a lot of it depends on the conditions, you know, just uh, how baked out it gets. Does this weather stick around in the 90s? Um, does no rain come? Does the wind continue to blow? I think that makes a lot of do a lot lot uh, lot to do with it. I know players have talked a lot about the greens; they like them, you know. So uh, I think a lot of it will be putting too, as well. But uh, um, they they have commented on how kind of almost perfect they are. So maybe they say that every week just to to win favor. But uh, uh, right now, you know, it'll be. I think it'll be a really fun tournament. You never know who, who who's going to be in. Certainly, you want some of the stars in contention, but if if we don't get rain and it gets uh, it gets a little uh, baked out a little faster and uh, you know these guys instead of hitting drivers will be hitting two irons three irons and four irons trying to control the ball. We had any real notable additions subtractions to the field lately for anybody who might not have been paying that close of attention to who actually is playing or not playing. Well, they've had a bunch of people withdraw a little bit each day for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. None of the really marquee players. They've got you still got uh, Tony Finau. You got uh, the Masters champ, uh, Hideki Matsuyama. You got Ricky back. You know, you get, you get a lot of guys who are trying to get on the other side of that uh, line for the FedEx points for the playoffs. You know, guys 120, 127, 118 in that list trying to get themselves up. So you still got, you know, Jason Days here. There's a, a name and a former PGA champion that hasn't played great, you know, in recent weeks and years. And, you know, uh, Stuart Sink, another former champion. Um, Guys like that, Sung J.M. So you've got you've got some names, but uh, if history for the first three years kind of bears out, it's probably going to be someone that you don't know all that well come, come Sunday. But I'm sure House would, would hope it's different. Last couple of things for you, Jerry. Appreciate your time. Jerry Zagoda covers golf for the Star Tribune. Are there particular golfers you particularly enjoy watching that are in this field? Like anybody that, you know, as a spectator, they might – you know, pick up on something that, Hey, this is, this is, you know, may, might not be the, the biggest name, but this is a, a, you know, either a particularly skilled player or just a, a fun player who has a fun style. Um, well, I, I think it's interesting to look at, you know, the, uh, the sponsors exemptions, you okay. got a guy like, uh, uh, Brandon Matthews, who's a, just a big hitter guy who's got his card for next, next, uh, year on the PGA tour. But, uh, has a sponsor exemptions here, and they say hits a two or 350 in the air. So, you know, just those big hitters. It's always fun to stand behind the, the really big hitters, although my eyes are going. I can't even follow the flight <laughs> when they hit it that far anymore. But, you know, and then you've got a guy, Hollis does to kind of, you know, uh, get a little attention. You know, back in the old days, the Champions Tour, it was Johnny Bench, and he's got uh, Marty Fish, the uh, former tennis player here, I guess really good celebrity uh, golfer. So, you know. I'm sure he'll get, get a little attention people coming out just to see him because of the name recognition. But, you know, all these guys who just hit it so pure, any of them. So it's a, like you say, it's a game, you know, I, I, I'm not familiar with when you're watching. It seems like such an easy swing for these guys and the ball just just goes. And um, so I'm sure I'll go out. I'll go watch Finau. I'll go watch Matsuyama. I'll probably go watch Ricky and, and, and watch those guys and then kind of just keep an eye on the leaderboard see if there's someone interesting there who I maybe have heard of, but don't know much about. And, and uh, hopefully we get a little tar- uh, cloud cover and it's not too just hot and blistering. Looks like 94 on Friday, but then maybe getting a little bit more forgivable. Um, I can hit it 350 in the air, Jerry, if you give me a couple, if you give me two swings. So, you know, that's uh, that's about where my game generally is maybe three um, on certain days, but um, any, any last thought, any final, uh, any, 
predictions who's playing particularly well coming in that you think might uh, might wind up uh, taking this whole thing by Sunday? Well, uh, anybody I picked who's, who's got a, a, a fairly famous name, you can probably throw them out and you know, start looking at guys on the board. I really have, have uh, no idea. I mean, um, you know, if it's like the first year, it's, it's just interesting to think back to the first year because and where they are now, but, you know, you had uh, uh, Wolf, you had Morikawa, and uh, who's the third guy I'm missing? But all these all these uh, young guys that no one had ever heard of, and all of a sudden they're contending in the final two rounds, so maybe, or the final two holes, so maybe we'll get that with a guy like Matthews, the uh, sponsor's exemption, or um, just a guy you don't know that well, know that much about. Well, should be a great event, Jerry Zagoda and other Star Tribune folks will be out there documenting it and covering it. Read all about that in your newspaper or on the website. Jerry, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. Good stuff from Jerry Zagoda. Was happy to have him join me on today's show. I just hope that whoever wins the 3M Open gets proper recognition and does not get snubbed as Byron Buxton apparently was as possible MVP choice in the All-Star game. Just want to circle back on that story for a minute. A lot of people in the local area upset that Buxton, who you know, essentially won the game with his home run for the American League in the 3-2 All-Star game win on Tuesday, was not voted the game's MVP. That was given to Giancarlo Stanton, Yankees player, um, you know, grew up in the L.A. area. It was kind of a homecoming game for him with that game at Dodger Stadium. So is it a, a coastal bias, or is this just our reflexive Yankees always beat the Twins, can't catch a break, get mad about something because we got to be mad about something? I think it's the latter. Yeah, I think that was a coin flip decision, whatever. Doesn't matter a single bit, does it? Does it really matter if Byron Buxton is named the All-Star Game MVP, a made-up game that you know that that shouldn't have any bearing on anything, but unfortunately does? Like I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's what we should be doing. I mean, it was even worse when it determined home field advantage. Now it's just more of a an exhibition still again. But you know, this this game just you know, let's just not get worked up about this. I'm I'm not going to get too worked up about people getting worked up about it, but. Why do we care so much? Why do we? Why does it matter if Byron Buxton was the MVP of this game or not? Um, just let Stanton have it. I don't. It's it's fine. It, it's fine that someone won an MVP award for a meaningless game. We don't have to get up in arms about every single thing. So that is my All Star Game mini rant. Speaking of, uh, don't care. Espies were on Wednesday. Did not watch a single minute of it. Saw a little bit of social media stuff on it. That's fine. Um, Steph Curry, I'm sure he did a great job, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think any Minnesotans won anything. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's just this kind of the calendar filler. We can't have one day without anything sports-wise. All these networks, all these leagues are too smart for that. So the ESPYs kind of filled into that spot a while back, and uh, and here we are. But didn't watch a single minute of it. Don't ask me for any takes on you know, who won, who lost, what happened, things like that. Again, kind of like the All-Star Game MVP, do not care. Do care about the Loons, even though they also just played an exhibition match. 4 nothing over Everton. Again, Premier League side Everton. Um, I don't care what, you know, what 11 Everton put out there. 
Don't care that it was just a friendly. You beat a pre- you beat a Premier League team for nothing, even in a friendly. That gets my attention. That that must that was a fun game by all accounts. Was not there, but everybody who was there, just watching social media, watching bits and pieces of it, watching the goals, uh, seemed like they were having a raucous good time. Unless they happened to be rooting for Everton, in which case they were having a terrible, terrible night. Uh, only bit of maybe trepidation that comes out of it. Um, Emmanuel Reynoso, their best player, Loon's best player, after scoring early, left the match with an apparent ankle injury. Um, reported will be, he will be, according to the Star Tribune, will be re- reevaluated on Thursday. Cannot afford to have Reynoso missing for any length of time. Obviously, he's not only their best player, but has been playing very well of late. So hopefully for their sake, he is not injured too badly and can get back into the mix let's finish with the cooler kyle rudolph um had been maybe rumblings rumors that maybe there could be some sort of kyle rudolph back to the vikings uh story by now uh that didn't happen kyle rudolph signing with the buccaneers reunited uh not reunited united with tom brady you might have heard of him pretty good quarterback so that will be where Kyle Rudolph is this year looking for a ring. So no Kyle Rudolph back with the Vikings. Maybe at some point he'll do like the one-day contract thing, but right now still a lot of football left, at least in his estimation and in the estimation of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That will do it for me today. Lavelle E. Neal III joining me on Friday show to talk Cooperstown, talk induction weekend, Hall of Fame, um, Tony Oliva, Jim Cott, David Ortiz, tons of Minnesota connections in this year's Hall of Fame class. Great conversation with Lavelle about those players, about the Cooperstown experience, everything like that. So hope you will enjoy that on Friday's show. Thanks so much for joining me here today. Michael Rand, back at it again on Friday.